Hi, this is Angie, host of the Nature Nurtured podcast. I have found that when I head outdoors with something on my mind and talk it out to the great wide world, spirit listens and often offers some pretty great advice. I invite you to join me today. We can move our bodies, soak in the amazingness of mama nature, and maybe even experience a little healing. My hope is that you take this conversation, find your own truths, remember who you are, and take that next leap on your own healing journey. Today I'm going to be talking about the third eye chakra. Sometimes this is known as the brow chakra and it is located in your head and it is thought to be connected with what we call our pineal gland. It is thought that this gland in our brain was once more open and and like maybe bigger or just uh, more clear more prominent, um, and, but now it seems to be that it has kind of calcified some and we just don't use it the way maybe more ancient humans, our ancestors from long, long ago, were able to kind of utilize this energy center. So the pineal gland is thought, yes, to be connected with this third eye. And So, yeah, and it would be like right between like this energy center. If you're looking at like your face, it would be kind of between your eyebrows, um, not quite up on your forehead, but kind of just that space between your eyebrows. And that's kind of why some people call it the brow chakra. So that's what the topic is for today. And this, this energy center is kind of the home for knowledge intuition and wisdom. And let's just go ahead and get into this and let's let's talk about knowledge first. So knowledge in the way I see it, this is like the left hemisphere of your brain. This is where you compute facts, you kind of analyze concepts and new ideas. This is the place where you have kind of this fixed and rigid view of the world because you need, well, we need the world to make sense. And so this is the part of our brain where society would say our intelligence lies. And so, but society feels intelligence is kind of like that part of you, that's your IQ. It's the academic part of your life. It is very much logical and linear. It is rational thinking. Like I said, it's computing. It is looking for patterns. It's mapping. Um, it's It's all of those very logical, rational thinking skills that we have. So, but those things are really just a tool. They're a tool to help keep us secure and safe and to help us survive. I mean, this part of our brain is super, super important. But what has happened is humans have really started to put way more emphasis on 
this part of our, well, this energy center, I guess. We've really, really concentrated a lot on the knowledge part. And you see this the way we raise our kids, the way that we put so much emphasis on learning like with this part of our brain this this left hemisphere part and I mean and I've been guilty of it too I mean you see this with how we teach kids to kind of ignore that inner voice and be like oh no that's that's just pretend or that's not real um that you know and the, the prominence, the importance really is placed on the things that we can see, the things that we understand, the things that you can prove. Those are the super really important things. I mean, you think about kids in school and how much here in the United States, and I don't know about other places in the world. I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit different, but we push our kids so young and so hard, and this is nothing to do with the teachers, it's nothing to do with the schools on a local level. This is really coming from state and higher, and it's all about making sure that we are keeping up, that we are looking good, that nobody's looking like they're not doing their job, and I think it's really, and you talk to any teacher, and I think it's really been to the detriment of kids to have so much emphasis placed on this knowledge piece, this, we've got to just stuff as much information into these little people as possible. And I don't know how the retention is going. I don't think that, and I think teachers, again, I think they would agree with this. There's not a lot of time to digest and implement the information because there's so much pressure to keep throwing more and more at them. And like, more and more complicated concepts at a younger and younger age. And I can see this. This is just an example with my own, one of my own kids. So my daughter, when she was little, so before she went to school, she was my kid that would grab a stack of picture books and go sit in her little chair and just look at every single book, page by page, book by book, she would work through that stack and she would not make a peep in between. And as she got a little bit older, she would read those books. And this is when she was able to read, but the early, the early years, uh, she would sit and read and play school and read to her dolls or whatever. But it was just, we would come home from vacation and it was like, oh, where's Emma? And it's like, oh yeah, she's in her room or wherever tucked away in a little corner with her stack of books it's like how she kind of I don't know decompressed from being out in the world as she wanted to come home and just ground in by looking at the books fast forward to her later well kind of mid to late elementary years I couldn't get her to read for fun period like she was a good reader she had good comprehension she was a fluent reader but nope, would not pick up a book to read her enjoyment. And I think what happened was when she was younger, she was wanting to check out books from the library that she enjoyed. And she was told, no, you can't do that because those are too easy. Those aren't on your level, whatever. There was so much emphasis on, we need to challenge you. We need you to grow. We need, and, and she wasn't able to just find joy in what she was wanting to read. And 
And I don't know. And that's nothing against her teacher or anything like that. Um, I mean, I'm sure I was guilty of doing things like that when I was a teacher. And not seeing the child as this whole being and trusting that if they need to read those books that seem to be too easy, let them do it. You know, like let they, there's something in them that needs that. And when they want a challenge, they will seek it out. It wasn't that she was just trying to get easy points. She genuinely wanted to read those books that were actually age appropriate, grade appropriate, but deemed to be too easy for her. So that's where I've seen that kind of play out just, and I know that's a really simple, basic thing, but she was told to not listen to that inner voice of hers and not do what she felt would feel good because it wasn't academically, you know, you need to be reading something harder and more challenging. And, you know, just now, and she is a sophomore in high school, she's 16. Just now, did she buy some books this summer to read for enjoyment. It's not for points. It's not for she, because she has to have stuff for class. She started reading this summer. She reads before she goes to bed now. It's like it took 10 years to get that part of her back where she could make a choice and read for fun, read for enjoyment, read for soothing relaxation time. And so I don't know. That's one thing that kind of sticks out to me when I think about when I think about this. So what happens is because society has placed so much emphasis on this knowledge piece, we we have become kind of this overly critical, pushing, um, always trying to achieve, always trying to conquer society. And so with, if you want to kind of check within you, this unbalanced energy, if, if your third eye is unbalanced and it's really, you're spending a lot of time in that logical linear space in your brain, this is kind of what that looks like. Like I said, it's like over, you'll be, you'll find yourself being overly critical. Maybe it's of your children. Maybe it's of your coworkers. Maybe it's with your spouse or whoever. It's like anybody that you are in close contact with, if they're not being smart enough, achieving enough, I mean, you place a lot of emphasis on that being um, held in high regard and and you're super, super critical of that with others. That's a sign. um, As a parent, giving affection for success, like really all, not to say all of your love, but like if the kid is getting the A's and succeeding, then that equates to love. So check with that. Um, maybe usually people, when they're unbalanced in this area, they're, they kind of have this cold sense about them. Like they're not that warm and fuzzy person. They're very cold and calculating. Um, they're definitely like the, you have to prove it. Um, they are kind of stuck in this world of words and concepts and plans. And then what happens too is you get caught up in this hamster wheel of worry. Um, You kind of get that monkey mind. There's this constant, constant mental chatter, constantly like overthinking, overstimulated, the stress, the worry, the tension, and then comes the burnout. And you're just, I think people that get really, lost in this also 
have a very, they want to control. And control is okay um, when it's used as kind of a tool for getting through like a rough patch. Like I understand I've been working on that. Um, the difference between the, you know, I always want to think that control is a bad word, but I've been working with a friend on this and, um, it doesn't always have to be, but in this situation, when there's un, when there's disease in this energy center, um, this, this controlling personality does kind of seem to become prominent. And it's, very much because of this kind of cold calculating i'm it's my way i'm right you have to prove it to me if it's got to be a different way and then also this can really lead to like headaches and specifically migraines when we're up in our head all the time and we're not allowing for the balance of the left hemisphere to kind of come in and allow for more flow and we'll talk here in a minute about the left hemisphere but when there's this imbalance, it does create a stagnancy. And when there's stagnant energy in this area, it can cause pain. And I think when we're overly critical and overly analyzing and just our mind is just completely overstimulated, you will definitely see that. I know I used to have headaches, migraines several times a week. And, and I talked about that in multiple other episodes, but I think some of that was due to, that's where I always was. That's where my energy was. It's like, I didn't even have a body sometimes. Like I felt like I was floating because I was so much in my mind, in my brain. And it wasn't because I was like making super smart decisions. It wasn't that. It was just this analyzing and critical, you know, I don't know, thinking critically and all of that kind of stuff. So watch for that. If you are one that is prone to headaches, and yes, I know there are definitely medical reasons for this, but I've always said that things that manifest physically have been in your energetics for a really long time. So if you are somebody who takes medication for headaches or you get those often, really maybe take a look at how you're doing with the things that we've talked about so far this time in this episode this how how you're taking care of the energy in this third eye chakra so let's switch gears we've kind of we've talked about oh I'm sorry I kind of mixed that up a little bit ago when I said we were going to look at the left hemisphere we've looked at the left hemisphere so sorry we're going to take a look at the right hemisphere and this is the intuition piece this is where your creativity, the love for things beautiful, um, mystery, and the world of spirit, and all of the things that kind of come with the wondering and curiosity of that. So that is located in the right hemisphere. That is where our intuition lives. So intuition is really just this inner knowing and it's to have to be intuitive one has to be able to connect to their feelings and so this is where I talk about this balance this balance of remember when I talked about the left hemisphere and I said people kind of if they're in if they're only in that energy it's very cold feeling because it's all about facts 
this hemisphere, the right, it comes in with the feelings and it brings a warmth because it is able to tap in to something greater than just the 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 cold hard facts. It's being able to be emotionally intelligent and read the room and feel what other people are feeling. It's that empathy piece that comes into play. So while you don't want to just always live your life completely in that space either because you can be unbalanced in the right hemisphere as well. Um, And that would be a problem like those may be the people that are always kind of the daydreamers and they're not engaging in that logical piece to be able to do daily tasks like you know you've got to be able to drive and function at work and like pick out your clothes like I'll give an example of one of my kids again my youngest one Lincoln he's he's 12 and I swear some days I just look at him and I just shake my head because he's got his pants on backwards or his shirt on backwards and his hair sticking up or he's got food on his face or you know, he doesn't, he'll walk right by something and not even notice. And we're, you know, we get in the car and we're, we're driving down the road and everybody will look out the window and see something. He's like, what? Like he missed it. And he, he's very like, he goes to his locker at school and he can't find anything because he can't, like, he has a really hard time with like organizing things. And so I would say he spends most of his time and energy like in that right hemisphere. So his third eye is unbalanced in the way that he doesn't like to be in that logical linear space very much. He wants to be in that daydreamy, intuitive, I don't know, creative space. And so it so it can go the other way. And I think we all know people like this. They're like those absent-minded, like super sweet, lovable, compassionate humans. But like it's super hard for them to like do like the just the basic functional things in life. And I know as he grows up, this will get better. He will he will be able to tap into that other energy and become more balanced just because he'll find a need for it. I think right now it's just like, well, whatever, you know, he makes it through life. He gets through it. So he doesn't really see any need to change, but I think, you know, life teaches you, you know, where you need to learn and grow sometimes just through experience. And he is definitely a kid that like, you can tell him all day long, like that this is what you need to do. And this is why, but he has to learn it on his own. He has to learn by making the mistake and having to, you know, deal with the consequences of that and then kind of redirecting himself. So I don't know. I hope fingers crossed, you know, that here in the next few years before it's time to learn how to drive, that we can kind of get, get a little bit more balanced in that area. And I think he will. Um, and you know, when he has to take care of things, he does, he's type one diabetic and he takes care of all of his insulin needs. He can calculate his carbs and knows when and how to dose. And he, he does a good job. Doesn't get his two different kinds of shots he has to do. He doesn't get those mixed up or anything. I mean, he's, he does a good job when he has to. So I think there's hope there, but he was just my example of somebody who, who is a little bit unbalanced and more in that, that, um, right hemisphere doesn't like to do the logical linear stuff if he doesn't have to. So anyway, um, being in that, 
intuitive space allows for it also so the the knowledge based area is very rigid and and just fixed it's it, it wants to kind of compartmentalize everything everything in its space everything has a place that kind of thing but but that intuitive part it wants to just ebb and flow and kind of flow in and out and it just it doesn't have those constructs it wants to just follow joy it is open to trust and surrender it is okay with like moving into the space of the unknown it is patient with divine timing and so it's just this such this opposite energy of the knowledge piece and so that's why if you can get both things kind of going in your world and use both sides, it's a really, really nice balance. Um, another part of this this intuitive piece is it's learning or it's being in this space where you can trust messages that come to you maybe in your dreams or images that maybe flash into like from your unconscious mind. So your subconscious. So you may just know something you get this image or you you just get this gut feeling or you dreamed about something and you're like oh my gosh that like actually happened you start to notice these things and you start to notice that you're getting information from somewhere and you're really not sure actually where it might be coming from that's intuition and that's it's hard for people who are really stuck in that left brain because it's not tangible you can't always prove it. And so it's hard, especially in our modern day, we often ignore that voice. We can't hear it because everything else around us is just so loud and, and is requiring so much more of our attention. Everything is so fast paced and in our face that that inner, that inner voice gets tamped down and it's not going to fight for our attention unless it's for our survival. So it's, it's not going to interrupt. It's not going to be super forceful. We have to be quiet and let it in. So, yeah. And also this part of the brain is where we start to pay attention to things that are what people would maybe call a coincidence, but I like to call it synchronicity. And also when we can, this is the part where we can tune in to nature and notice that everything in nature, the way that nature operates is the mirror to how our subconscious also wants to operate. We're part of nature. We're all one in all of this. We have just, our ego makes us feel separate and then we just have, have, as a society, as a human race, have gotten really unbalanced in this knowledge versus intuition piece. We, I mean, I would say most people lean more towards the knowledge because that's what we're fed. That's what society says is important. That's what they say is real. And unless you're raised in a very open household or you are just coming into this world as a very experienced, wise soul, I think we kind of have to discover this intuition piece as we go. And it's hard because it's not tangible. There's not proof. The only way there's proof with the intuition is if you 
start to notice when you are getting messages and they are correct and maybe you start to write them down and then you ha- you have proof now that doesn't really, that doesn't mean everybody else is going to believe you but that would give you some confidence in trusting that inner voice so the other word I used to describe this energy center in the beginning was the word wisdom. And in my opinion, wisdom is when we can balance the knowledge and the intuition. That's when we can be wise. That's when we, it's like we can take our life experience, the things that we've learned on both the knowledge and the intuition pieces both sides of our brain, we can kind of meld it together, squish it together. It's malleable. It's, it ebbs and flows. And that is the wisdom piece. And it's when, when you are really balanced and in this place of wisdom, you're able to trust that all experiences that we are having here on planet earth in this human suit are for our higher good. And that doesn't mean that we're going to like it. That doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Often the things that are meant to teach us something that we're here to learn, they are difficult. And so when things are difficult, they are sometimes painful too. We, we have a lot of challenging emotions around these things. So yeah, when we are wise, when we are in this wisdom energy, we understand that the those challenges in life are part of the higher good. Our soul wanted to learn the things and that there is something good that will come out of it in the end. And I know sometimes that's hard to hear. Sometimes we don't want to hear it when we're going through those hard things. We definitely don't want to hear it. And we get really upset. And, but it's, it's that knowledge. If we can understand that before we go into something that's really difficult, it will help us work through it. Because we know this isn't the world just like being mean to us and punishing us. Like we've done something wrong or we're a bad person or we just have rotten luck or whatever. We can kind of get out of the victim mentality of woe is me. Why is this happening to me? And we can get in the energy of this may not be fun. This may not be easy, but this is happening for me. It is set up divinely for me to learn and grow. And that's wisdom. And also it's this understanding and this is kind of the same thing, but it's this understanding that we have to experience change. We're not meant to just be here and stay at the same level where we came in. We are supposed to learn and grow and it can be stressful. But anytime there's growth, there's growing pains. Anytime. I mean, like, remember when you were a kid and your shoes started to get too small and it hurt to wear them because you had grown. That's what happens with our souls, too. We get we get to feeling constricted where we are. And that's where the pain and the stress can come in. We feel like we don't fit. We feel like things don't align because we've outgrown 
where we came from and we're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing. We're moving in a forward direction. We're growing, we're changing. And it it's hard sometimes. And sometimes the things that happen for us don't feel very good. I mean, it's just it's just part of how things go and we don't understand it here. And I've talked about this in other episodes, but we don't, we don't understand it when we're here as humans, but when we are, we were a soul on the other side, it's like, Oh, well that won't be too bad. We can, we can handle doing this, this, and this. And it's, we get here and it's like, why did I sign up for this? But, and then we go back to the other side and we're like, Oh yeah, see, that wasn't so bad. That was just a drop in the bucket. It's fine. So it's just, being able to look at life like that and take in the knowledge aspects, understand the workings of the world from that place, and then also bring in the inner knowing and just the trust and the surrender. And and part of the wisdom is also having this love for life and understanding that there are things that need to happen, things that are happening that are completely divinely planned and divinely timed and loving life enough to use that love to help us get through those painful and difficult times. That's, that's wisdom. And again, I always think of this crone phase, like the maiden mother crone. And I just think, wisdom, the crone image in my head is this embodiment of wisdom. And I know that really focuses on a woman, but being a woman, that's, that's where my mind goes. So that's, that's the mental image I get. Somebody who has all of this life experience from learning all the things as we need to know to get through life, to be safe and secure and survive And also just this inner knowing and being able to kind of play with that and trial and error and figure out like these messages that come to us that aren't tangible and learn to trust them. And it's just so much this life experience and being open to it and understanding of it that brings that brings about this piece of wisdom. Okay, so now that I have covered all of that, the right and left hemisphere, the knowledge and the intuition creating this energy of wisdom in a balanced third chakra. Let's talk about how we can check in with the health of this third eye. And I don't, I just have four questions this time that you can ask yourself. I, this is kind of how I always do these episodes. I always kind of pose some questions so that you can check in with the health of the energy center that we're talking about. Usually it's kind of a longer list, but with the third eye, There's really only these four things uh, that seem to be pertinent as far as checking in and kind of evaluating the health of this energy center. So the first question would be, can you be still and listen to your inner voice? The second one is, do you follow your joy? And when I say that, I mean, do you follow your heart? Are you able to make decisions and kind of move through life doing the things that bring you joy? Or 
are you constricted in that if it doesn't make sense logically and linearly, if it isn't checking all the boxes of being a successful adult, you can't do it. The next one is, are you open to learning from your life experiences? So that's that piece of life happens for you, not to you. And the last one is, can you surrender to life and take the next step as it appears? So this complete trust and surrender. So those are really the things to check in with. And I have really recently been checking in with these things myself. Like I'm in a place where I feel like there's some growth happening. I feel like I'm in that space of having that sensation of my shoes being too tight. You know, that like I'm I'm out growing this energetic space. This this there's things that don't feel like they align like maybe they used to and I'm wanting to break free and move on and it's it's being patient and trusting the divine timing. It's like being open to taking a next step when I really don't know what the step after that one would be. It's this being okay with following those things that do bring joy and that do come from this inner knowing and not just saying, oh, well, I can't do that because A, B, and Z. So I have very much been in this place this late summer, early fall, really sitting with it. And I think There's just, there's been a lot of things beyond my control, but that's the piece where it's like, well, what are you learning from it? What are you learning from this being in this place that feels stuck and stagnant? There's a lesson here for you, but what is it? You have to get quiet. And so I'm, I'm right here with you. I have been really asking myself these questions over the past few months. So check in with those and then let's say that you notice that there is an imbalance. Things don't feel like they are clicking 100%. How how can you free up some of this stagnancy? How can you move into more of a healthy vibration in this energy center? Well, the the number one thing and I'm sure there'll be collective groans, but it's it's meditation. It's finding time to go within, whether that's just being quiet for five minutes and letting thoughts come in and thoughts go out and not judging them, not shooting yourself, not being upset with yourself because you can't clear your mind because that's not the point of meditation necessarily. It's to allow those things to come in and go out and not get stuck. So spending some time just in quiet or doing guided meditations or like going out in nature and doing just a walk in nature as a meditation, listening to music. I mean, anything that just allows your mind to calm and quiet in a way that it's not that constant chatter. If, if we want to bring balance and a healthy vibration to this energy center, we have to meditate. And it doesn't mean that you have to be perfect at it. And it doesn't mean you have to do it for hours every day. 
you can start with five minutes. And I have gotten away from doing this as often as I would like to. Like there, I will go days and not do it. And I can tell. And that's when that monkey mind starts in. That's when I notice that I start to be feeling tension in my head. It's like we have to allow for all of that stuff to drain out and empty out and be able to move and flow through us and not get stuck. And meditation really is the only way to do that. And like I said, there's lots of forms of meditation. You may do meditation daily and not even know that's what you're doing. Like I feel like my husband meditates every day and doesn't know that's exactly what he's doing. But when he's on a job site and he is simply doing the task at hand, let's say that his phone doesn't have service that day and that he's by himself and he doesn't have any other people that he has to help do things. So there's nobody interrupting him asking questions. He's just simply kind of doing this same task over and over again, whether that's pulling wire or doing something with plumbing pipes or whatever he's doing. If it's kind of this repetitive motion that he just is in a zone, that's meditative. And I've talked to him about that. I've asked him when he's doing those things, is he just simply doing those things or is his mind going 100 mile an hour? And he said, no, that he is able to just be in that moment and do those things. Now, that's as long as nobody's asking questions or his phone's not ringing, of course. But I think he's got a very hectic work schedule and I think that that's what saves him is he does get those moments. So the point of that being, it comes in, in ways like that sometimes. Like if you are one that likes to paint or do crafts or something, if that is the only thing that you're thinking about while you're doing it, that's a form of meditation as well. It's not like I'm sitting down to meditate, but you're getting it. You're getting that time where your mind can kind of release. So meditation, meditation, meditation. Another thing is to really go within to look for answers. Like talk to your higher self. And when I say your higher self, I don't know if we've ever talked about that. So that would be like your soul self. Like it's thought that there's a piece of you on the other side that's kind of guiding you. And it's different than like a spirit guide, but um, it's, it's this piece of your soul that can see everything and where our view is very limited here, having the actual human experience. So tapping in and talking to your higher self, talking to your guides to get help, to get information, to kind of help you work through some things. And then trust what you get. Because you will get an answer, but then you have to like believe that it's the answer. And then you have to like follow through with what the advice is that's given or and that okay and that's how you gain this confidence in trusting your inner self is by actually believing it and and listening to yourself and doing the thing and then if you want to you can write these things down like in a journal and then you can go back and look at all those times that you trusted that inner voice that you trusted what you would say would be messages from your guides or from your higher self. And then that helps to gain confidence too. So keeping, keeping a record of that. And then also I would say, um, you could, you could work on this intuition by using the tarot cards or, um, Oracle cards and kind of like 
looking at the card and seeing what message comes to mind as far as like ask a question um, for guidance in some way and then pull a card and then just sit with that card and like think about what what do you get from looking at that what pops into your mind as the message as the answer so that's one way you can use that and then also you can do something called automatic writing so you really want to get in kind of a meditative state before you do this so maybe actually do a meditation first and then before before I guess you would do the meditation you would have some questions that you have already decided that you want to ask your higher self and that that way you already have that ready to go on a piece of paper or on your phone notes or whatever and then you would just get in that meditative state come out you know be able to sit up and write and then just ask those questions to yourself and then just write. Don't think about the answer. Just start writing and see what comes out. So that's called automatic writing. So, and that's different than channeled writing. Um, I don't know. Channeling, you don't know really who's coming through. So you want to make sure that you're kind of protected yourself with white light and all that. And if you have questions or whatever, you can look these things up. Or I'd be happy to to answer any questions about the automatic writing if anybody has any questions you can email me and I would be glad to kind of carry that conversation on further or reach out I mean you guys know how to get a hold of me so anyway those would be things that would really kind of strengthen that that intuitive piece to be able to come up and balance the the knowledge piece that we already kind of overwork most of us not all of us but anyway okay and so some other kind of hacks that you can do while you are doing these other things energetically to be strengthening and increasing the vibration in this energy center. Um, The color indigo is really good, whether you want to wear it, whether you want to eat foods that are that color, um, maybe find crystals that are indigo, or there are crystals that usually I would say they would be kind of that indigo color, but you can look up crystals that would be good for the third eye and carry those in your pocket or just with you. Um, there are yoga poses that are good for the third eye. And then of course, meditation. So, you know, those, those are things that can help while you are moving through the energetic things that we had talked about earlier. So that really is it for the third eye, the brow chakra. So yeah, I hope that you found this to be helpful. It's, it's definitely, we're getting into the upper chakras and they're not the earthly ones. They're more the spiritual energy centers. And so the things are definitely not concrete. They're not tangible. And I think we as humans, um, just one person at a time, you know, if we can start to get more comfortable moving back into this place of trusting our intuition, understanding our own inner landscape and trusting it enough to follow what comes up for us, because we are all intuitive beings. We are all born with this ability to connect to the other side we just, it, it gets, I don't want to say, I don't know, it gets stamped out of us because society says, nope, that's, that's not real. That's imagination. So it's, it's hard as an adult to 
kind of settle in and open up to this if you haven't ever been exposed to trusting your intuition, trusting the, trusting those synchronicities that you see in life, trusting that inner voice inside your head. And this inner voice is not going to come in with fear. It's not going to come in with this, like, I don't know. It's not going to be a constant, like, annoying voice in your ear that's trying to scare you. It com- And it's not going to come in with high emotion. It's going to come in neutral. It's going to come in matter of fact. It's going to come in with this, like, it is what it is. This is correct. Uh, there may be a little bit of an urgency if it is something that's, like, to protect you from danger. Otherwise, it's going to be, this is the answer take it or leave it. And then you have to be quiet enough to hear it. It's not going to talk over you. Unless it's trying to save your life, it's not going to talk over you. But again, even in those kind of life or death situations, this information does not come in with high emotion. It's going to be very neutral. It might be urgent, but it's going to be, it's not going to have an anxious feel to it. So if, if you are, the anxious thoughts, the repetitive worries, the, just the constant chatter. That's not, that's not intuition. Those are the things that have to quiet down in order to hear that inner voice. Cause like I said, it's not going to on the day to day talk over you. It's not going to interrupt you. Um, it's not here for that. It, it requires you to turn your attention to it. So again, I hope that you have found this helpful. It's, It's a lot to digest sometimes, but I encourage you to just play with it, to get curious, to practice with it, because there's really nothing to lose in it. And there's so much to gain. I mean, that's what I tell myself all the time. Like this can make life flow so much easier and better and more efficiently if I can incorporate this inner knowing, this intuition piece, if I can be quiet enough to be open to it. So With that, I hope that you all are well. I hope that you've had a chance to get outside in nature today. And until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening today. I love having you join me. Even though I'm technically out here, just me and my dogs, it is exciting and heartwarming to know you are out there too, listening, walking, adding in your thoughts as we go. As always, I hope everyone has had a chance to nurture themselves with a little bit of nature today. Mother Earth always has the best medicine.